Today, we talk with a woman who has returned from a couple of near-death experiences on a mission now to channel messages from our guardian angels and paint their portraits for us. This is going to be such a delightful conversation. It's Cheryl Sitz welcoming you to another episode of Exploring Possibilities, broadcasting each show on journeyofpossibilities.com, where our whole library is housed, and also published through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox FM, all kinds of favorite podcast show uh, podcast apps, and youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz. And we'll be right back with Paulette Salo in just a moment. Throughout these shows, I'm always talking about Mario Rosales' incredible technology skills, helping me launch the podcast, my website, my YouTube channel, and he can still help you with all those things. But for five years now, he's been working on a special project, and now he's finally ready to launch it. And I'm excited for him to tell you about it because they're absolutely beautiful. Tell us. Well, what I have come up with, I call it astrofractals, and that's astro, A-S-T-R-O, like astrology. And why is it an astrofractal? It's very simple because it uses your birth date, your birth time, and your numerology of your name. With that, I put it into this formula that I've worked on for for a while. Yeah. (laughs) And it creates a fractal and it colors it and it gives you this beautiful portrait of you. And at first when I got it, it's like, what was it? What's it for? Well, if you meditate in front of it, take it to a ceremony, or if you just want to look at it like a piece of art, it's beautiful. You can look at it at my website at Astro, A-S-T-R-O, Fractals, F-R-A-C-T-A-L-S, astrofractals.com, and that'll take you directly to my website. The base package is a digital picture of it, and then I have options that go higher in price for different types of things, 8x10s, tapestries, I mean, you name it, it's whatever you want. And they are beautiful, astrofractals.com. Way to go, Mario, I love it. Thank you, and I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody's fractal looks like. And you even have famous people on there, so check them out, astrofractals.com. Paulette Salo had her first near-death experience at 20 and has had two more since then. Each one has furthered her on her mission to apply her amazing artistic talents and loving heart to channeling angel portraits and messages, first for terminally ill children and later for the rest of us. She has created over 26,000 angel portraits to date. I'm so grateful that mine hangs right next to my bed. Lillianne welcomes me to each day and puts me to sleep each night, reminding me to connect with her for a more enhanced life experience. And I just love it. I'm so excited that Paulette has joined us today. She's also written a book. It's called How to Talk to Your Angel the Easy Way. Her website is angelsbypaulette.com. And we welcome her now from her residence in beautiful Keycocker, Belize. Hi, Paulette. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you so much for interviewing me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And I know how technology is on these small islands, and that is a small, beautiful island. So if we have any interruptions, we'll just work those bugs out as we go along. Thank you for taking the time to connect with us. Oh, my gosh. It's my pleasure for sure. Your angel work is so beautiful, and and I can just feel your heart every time I look at my portrait. I'm so grateful that Jeannie met you and my best friend Jeannie and, and connected us and connected me with your work. I'm curious to hear in your words kind of how your life experience went from becoming an artist to, to this beautiful work that you do. Okay. Uh, it was kind of odd, all of it, because I... I didn't go to school for art. I went to school for biochemistry. And that 
was what my degree was in. I wow. Know, pretty funny. I really didn't use it that much, but I, I am using it here in Belize by making an all-natural bug repellent. And well, that's <laughs> a good use. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's pretty funny. Uh, but it, it's good stuff. It does more than repel. It heals, and it's a sunscreen, so it's a good deal. And that also supports me. It's the the little bug repellent business. And I fell into art by I by accident. I was sewing to put myself through school and raise my kids, and I. One of my clients wanted a painting and I was so poor and I said, well, I can do that. I didn't know if I could or not, but I had painted one picture in my life. I was about 10 and it was for 4-H. <laughs> it was the county fair. <laughs> and I thought, oh, what the heck? If she doesn't like it, she won't buy it. And she bought it and she wanted a mural and I was in a new career just like that. Wow. Um, Kind of like the bug repellent, same thing. <laughs> I thought, whoa, and and both of them truly were guided by by our creator. Really, I I couldn't have thought that stuff up. Really, never. Um, and and I've lo- I loved doing the art. I thought I'd go back to chemistry, but I was making so much money by the kid by the time the kids went to school that I didn't want to do anything but what I was doing. And then, and it was really neat because we're talking about the 60s. In a little over a year, I'm going to be 80, which is so frightening. Wow. Think about. <laughs> but, and you have such a young spirit. Days, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have any daycare back then. And uh, it, this was a, a wonderful thing for me to be able to do, paint and keep my kids around. And I really didn't know what that first near-death experience was at 20 until right after I had my last child at 32 and um, 31, I forgot, something like that. And I read in the paper about near-death experiences and it was exactly what I had experienced. So from that point on, even through the next two uh, death experiences, I kept wondering, okay, is this my mission? Because when I went down the tunnel and saw the light and met my my loved ones and the angel that said I had to go back, I didn't want to go back. It was lovely there. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said, you have to go back to do your mission. And she handed me this beautiful box and said, this is your mission. You'll forget it. And But you have to go back to do it. And and I was arguing with her as I flew backwards. <laughs> so, <laughs> each time, which I find is funny, I'm like, no, no, I want to stay. So I didn't really find out what it was till after the last one when I was 60, uh, almost 60. And um, I died in the hospital in the emergency room waiting for a room in ICU from pneumonia. And that was shortly after I got out of the hospital was when my angel came and told me my mission. And that was to, to paint for terminally ill children. And I thought that was it. I, I didn't ever, ever think I would paint for everybody. Um, 
And I didn't even think I could do that. I, I did call the uh, children's hospital at the University of Minnesota, because I'm from Minneapolis, um, and went down to see them. But they said I couldn't do that because of the HIPAA law. And then I get a call the same day from a lady who wants me to paint an angel for a newborn. Well, I hadn't painted one yet. And I didn't even know if I could. And I gave her the story of, of the angel coming. And I thought, she's going to think I'm crazy and I won't have to do it. <laughs> you know, <'cause> I wasn't <laughs> sure I could. And she said, oh, yeah, that's okay. She said, my husband is the pediatric psychiatrist here. And he can get you in. I thought, okay, that's good. I can do it. And that's how I started wow. doing it for terminally ill children. Yeah. It's God so beautiful. Yes. That is amazing how the doors just open. I mean, we don't even see a door there and suddenly it's open for us. Yeah. Yes. And in a way, I really didn't want to paint them because back in the 60s, being a painter, you were a nasty, naughty girl. If you were an artist, you know, <laughs> uh, it wasn't a good thing. You wore Birkenstocks and you hung around with a bad crowd and that kind of thing. And I, I wasn't anything like that. I was just a mother of four trying to make a living. And so I really didn't want to be made fun of again. And painting angels, I thought, oh, boy, it's going to start all over again. I don't want to really do this. But there was no stopping it because once I started painting and one um Masonic Cancer Center or Children's Hospital, it just spread. Yeah. And I would go to the Mayo Clinic Cancer Camp for Kids in the summer, which was where I really honed my skill, if you want to call it that, um, because these little sweethearts that are so sick see their angels very, very clearly. And if I didn't do it correctly, they told me. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. I had all kinds of fabulous experiences with these kids. It was wonderful. I was painting an angel at, in the main room, so to speak, where all the kids played. And by the way, this was a camp that Dr. Anderson, who was the chief pediatric oncologist there at that time, this is 20 years ago, um, and he's not there anymore, but um, he set this up for not just having fun for a week for the terminally ill, but, and I hate that term because some of them were not, but also for their siblings, because the kids who aren't sick go through a trauma when mm -hmm. their sibling is ill. So it was just a beautiful thought all the way around the whole camp and all volunteers it was a wonderful place to be. And Anyway, I was painting this portrait for this little boy, and one of the nurses came to say I should go have lunch. And I said, no, nah, thanks, but I, I'm going to finish this. And she said, whose angel is that? And I told her, and she, she said, I'll be right back. And she came back with a, oh, see, I can hardly say it, but pardon me if I cry, but um, the, the woman who came out was mother of this little boy's best friend and I was painting her son the little boy that passed and oh, wow it was it was really a turning point in my life to see that that kind of thing can happen 
because this is all new to me, like it would be to anybody. Yeah. Um, I didn't know I could talk to angels. I didn't know that I could hear them. I didn't know I could see them. Um, it, it's something that everybody can do. I'm not special in any way whatsoever. It's just they made it very clear that I had to do this, and I did. Um, not that I didn't argue quite a bit throughout <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> well, well, Paulette, a lot of things. I feel like we need people like you that can show us that it's possible, that help us access that space and, and start to consider that maybe I can see an angel, maybe I can talk to an angel because you can do that. And that's that to me is just as important a part of your mission as the artwork that you generate and you know, just mm-hmm. giving us all access to that. What do you tell someone that says, well, how do I see my angel? I can't see angels. I wish I could see them. Do you have a short response for that? Oh, yeah. Most of us are too busy thinking. <laughs> Our brains think way too much. And um, I wish I had gone to Belize about 40 years ago. It would have been fabulous because you learn how to not think. <laughs> you learn to how to just be just be mm-hmm. and you can call it meditation I don't like that word because it makes me think like I have to do something like meditate I don't really understand what that is but just being who you are and being in the moment is really all you do it is to get these thoughts out of your head like it's the simple thoughts like I'd like to talk to my angel I wonder how I do it Am I doing it right? Or should I ask? Or should you're, you get all these thoughts going through your head? I did all that too. I really did. Um, I even looked up all kinds of metaphysical people, psychics, a- other angel people, and tried to do what they said to do. And <laughs> honestly, everybody's journey is theirs, and each one is so special. And somebody else may not hear or see their angel exactly as I do. Uh, Some people have it much easier to hear them than others. Others see maybe not the angel, but they'll see colors, auras, or shapes, um, and not know what they are. I mean, nobody tells us, or they didn't me anyway, and a lot of people I meet just are like me. You just don't know. Yeah. So basically, if you ask your angel, um, and it doesn't really matter if you have the name or not, because you got lots and lots of angels. And the more you connect with them, the more angels you have in the thousands, literally. And granted, you do have one or some that hang out with you permanently. And you're born with them and they stay with you forever as your soul goes on and on so it being that everybody's different you just say angel I really want to connect with you or I really want to hear you or I really want to see you and guide me and then be quiet and a thought will pop in your head and it could be like way out of left field and your reaction could be like well, that's not right. I went through this a lot. I'm a, I'm a Taurus and I tend to be a bit, nah, not that, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I, 
I find it a lot easier if you don't say, no, it's not that. If you go, well, that could be it. And it probably is. Any mm-hmm. Anything that comes like an epiphany is them talking to you. Yes. And it's a light bulb moment kind of thing. And they can help us. They can help us in so many ways. That was your message when you channeled my angel is ask me for more help. I'm here for you and you don't ask me for much help and I'm here to help you. Just try asking. And it's, she's helped me in tiny little ways and she's helped me in big ways. One, I, I fly standby and I was trying to catch a plane to go see my godmother, which maybe the last time I get to connect with her, she's she's not aware of who anyone is now. So I'm so glad I went. And it was this summer when I went to see her and trying to get a seat when the flights are busy is not easy. And I actually remembered to ask my angel and then I didn't get on the plane and they were, they were closing the door and telling me I'd have to catch the next one. And I was like, wait a minute. I trusted so completely. I know, I know I felt you with me. What, what happened? Am I not meant to be on that plane or and a couple of minutes later, they came back and opened the door and said, ma'am, we have a seat for you. And I was like, wow. wow. <laughs> it was so I perfect. Like that. <laughs> oh, fabulous. Yeah, Isn't that's it? them. <laughs> yeah. That is them. And you were really open to both situations. You know, am I not supposed to be on that plane? I thought I was. Yeah. And when you're really open, really open, and, and it's important to say kind of, I'm open to whatever you tell me to do or however you guide me. I'm open. A lot of people, first of all, don't realize they have to ask because your angel needs permission. Right. And asking gives them permission. You don't literally have to say, I give you permission. But just praying or asking gives them the permission to do really miracles with you. And yes. they do work without your permission when it's an emergency. And that's where most people are stuck. They think that angel is listening to their thoughts, which they are, and then doing what they think that angel should do. But it doesn't work like that. First of all, they need your permission. But second of all, it has to be for your highest good. And a lot of times we want things that aren't for our highest good. And then you don't get them. And then some people say, well, it doesn't work because they want what they want in the time frame they want it and so on and so on. Doesn't work that way. If you're meant to get it, you're going to get it when you can best receive it. Yeah. When you're in a position to really understand it, then you get it. And the idea that we yeah. only really have to ask once that it, they're not deaf, you know, if we didn't get what we asked for may it's not because they didn't hear us. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they did. And, and once you, I think the hardest part is being quiet. You know, um, it's the only time we're really quiet is when we're driving or maybe listening to music we're not quiet. Americans are always going, 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 going. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, that was hard for me coming to Belize to slow down because everybody's always doing something and not just sitting quietly unless you're looking at TV and then you're not quiet. Just sitting, just sitting, looking at a pretty scene or, or 
closing your eyes and listening to some of your favorite music. And we just don't take time to do that like, like the olden days um, where they sat on the rocker and just looked out over the field and that kind of thing. We, we don't do that anymore. Not very often anyway. You're right. And that's where you need to be. That's when you really get it done. Yeah, it's true. And I think it's partly the society that we live in is very fast paced. There's many, many things jockeying for our attention, but then it's our choice. It's, it's our free will every day. What do I invest my time and my attention on? And how much time am I going to allow myself to just be with myself? And so many people I meet say, well, you know, if I slow down, then there's all this stuff I don't know what to do with that catches up with me. And I don't want to think those thoughts. I don't want to be with those thoughts and those feelings. And so I'd rather be busy. I mean, we'd just rather be busy because we don't know what to do with it. But that's the catch, isn't it? It's always right there when we slow down, ready for us to pay attention to it again. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going too fast. Um, one of the things I learned here. Oh, by the way, the angels sent me here. Um, this Tell me was about not that. my choice. I was going to retire in France. That's a long way away. <laughs> 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 but um, I ended up here. They told me to come. I was grieving over my dogs. They were accidentally poisoned and they had a long, slow, horrible death. And oh, no. I just couldn't get past it. And a, a friend of mine had come here in 1993, and she told me about it and showed me pictures. I was not in the least interested in going <laughs> to a teeny-weeny island in the middle of the Caribbean. And um, But I did go many years later. She came in 93. I came in 13, 2013. And I, the minute I got out of the boat and stood on the dock, I knew what the, why the angels sent me. I felt home. This was home. And it was very, very easy to go back and sell my house. And I mean, it was just a couple months later, maybe three, that I turned around and moved back here. And it was because I needed, I needed to do what I tell people to do, slow down and meditate. Not that I didn't do it when I did angels, but in between, life gets in the way. Um, you get caught up in emergencies or drama or whatever that goes on in your life, and you start picking up that pace, boom, 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 boom. You got faster, bigger, better, more, more. Mm-hmm. And that here, here I met people I couldn't believe. I mean, they, the average salary here is $2.50 U.S. an hour. Wow. And they managed to raise families, buy land, build houses, put their kids through high school. You have to pay for high school. You have to pay for school here. And, and the whole time, they're happy because each day is a gift for them. And that's how they live. It isn't how they're told to live. You know, we are told that. We're told each day is a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, don't think about tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Today is present, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it all sounds great for the moment you're looking at it. But these people live it every minute. And I was being told by Belizeans I know, things like, don't let that spoil your day. And because I would be upset about this person did that or this happened and uh, that golf, we don't have cars, but 
we don't have streets, we have sand and there are golf carts. And I would say, oh, look at that guy. He drove like crazy. He almost hit that dog. And I go, don't let that ruin your day. And to, at first it was like, well, why shouldn't I? I mean, of course, this is horrible. We got to do something about this. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you don't really have any power over somebody you don't know who just went too fast by your place. Um, but you do have a power of how you react to that. And that's the trick. How you react to things that upset you or are negative, makes you feel bad, sick. It's your choice to react. And the angels can come in then and help you not react. I had to ask a lot because <laughs> not letting that ruin my day was quite a lesson. These people automatically let it go just let it go and go on with their lives and focus not on money not on what they can buy or what they want only what they need they need food they need a home they need happiness but most of all they need love and they and that is actually the name of key cocker it isn't key cocker it's la isla Kirinosa the island of love. I didn't know uh, that. <laughs> yeah. So that was another reason. And that's what I felt when I got off the boat. It was overwhelming love. And I put my hand on my chest. I told my friend Judy that it came with, Judy, I'm going to live here. I just feel it. And of course, <laughs> she thought I'd lost my mind. <laughs> it was true. And at the time, I was 72. And that's kind of odd for a single woman of 72 to come down with her little dog. And to me, it was nothing. It was the best thing I ever did. Because this is the stuff I learned, this, this beautiful way of putting love first, family first, friends first, not money. Actually, money here is at the bottom. If you, that, That's so that perfect. That is really historic <laughs> to most Americans. <laughs> I think it's perfect. It certainly <laughs> yeah, it is perfect. I had to learn it. I, I could see it really wasn't a big deal. And a lot of Americans here and Canadians think they're lazy because they don't show up and they, they, they may not come for days after you hire them. <laughs> and and uh, honestly, it, not that they don't need the money, gracious sakes, $2.50 an hour, but they save with $2.50 an hour. They save most of it. They eat very, very little food. And it's the same thing almost every day. And they make do with the clothes and, and the little apartments or little houses they have. And they save money. That's their mentality. We go into debt mm -hmm. and get credit cards. We don't think about saving. And then we start worrying and money becomes more and more and more important. With them, it's the other way around. Well, it's and I noticed down there, because I've, I've had the pleasure of visiting that lovely little island, and it does feel like an island of love. That name is perfect for it. But I've mm -hmm. noticed how tiny the, the dwellings are of most people down there. And it's not just because of the money. You know, people would go, oh, how sad. They're poor. They have to have little housing. 
they're outside. They're in nature. They're in, they're living life outside. Yeah. They're not all holed up in their homes like we are here in America. We go to an office building and then we come to a house or an apartment or a condo and we're not outside very much, not nearly enough, I think. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, most of your day is outside. If not, if you aren't outside, the windows and doors are open anyway. So it's you're just you're just sort of outside 100% of the time. I have to stay in because I have a business, but um, I don't like that. I I have I have a sign that I can't remember the whole thing, but it's something about I'm I'm open as often as I can. Blah blah blah. I can't remember the two of next lines, and then at the bottom it says, um, "If you can't wait, just holler." <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> so if I if I get claustrophobic and I want to go to the beach, I just shut my door and put a note on. I have a sign that says, "Had to take a break. Sorry, I missed you. I'll be back at." And then I tape a time to that point. I can love you, it. Can you imagine that in the U.S.? <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't last very long here. I mean, and, uh-uh. and as much as I believe in that way of life and love that, we even catch ourselves saying something about the small family businesses. They're like, okay, we're closing for a month because it's close enough to the holidays. We're out of here. And it's like, oh, how frustrating. We drove over here to eat and they're closed for a month. But it's really perfect, <laughs> isn't it? We should all do a little bit more of that. Give ourselves some freedom. Oh, gosh, yes, 100%. <laughs> Many businesses closed in September and October. For two reasons, one to take a break, one and and the other is there aren't many tourists and, you know, you you may have to do renovations because you're constantly fixing things with this weather. Right. It's much worse than Minnesota. It's um, everything is disintegrating in some form really, really fast. Your clothes fall apart. (laughs) Anything stretchy unstretches. (laughs) Anything sticky unsticks. Anything metal, rust, even stainless. Um, so nothing lasts, absolutely nothing. And people come from America and they go, oh, don't people ever paint? I go, they paint constantly. <laughs> constantly. It just goes. And, and you have to give them a break. And and I hear the same things constantly as they come in my shop and and say comments about things and and I said you have to realize for instance we don't have a garbage truck we have garbage people mm-hmm. they're on three-wheel bikes pedaling 300 pounds of garbage two and a half miles to the site where you dump it and I said I personally don't even know a human being that could do that on these roads because they're they're sand with potholes in them and I have a friend, I put her in my newsletter um, for the angels. Um, She's now 70 and she's still doing that. And she goes about 10 miles a day with 300 pounds of garbage one way anyway. And she does that every single day, 70 years old. Wow. Well, you guys don't, you don't need health clubs, do you? I mean, you pretty much get your workout just living your life. Yes, you do. You walk, you swim, you bike. I don't bike anymore, but because um, I have a dog and she doesn't like being in the basket. So I, I walk a lot but and swim a lot, but it's a totally different life. And if more Americans followed this type of life, 
which which we did. We right. didn't have a life like that. I think it we're just, coming back to it. I really do. I do I do see that. I see us starting to recognize where we pushed the envelope too far on some things and it's time to bring it back and and you know, maybe not everybody but enough quite a few people that I know are wanting to get outside more and are breaking out of the eight to five box or the, you know, the corporate America box and saying, I want to create my own revenue. People that are living on the go that don't have a home base anymore. I really see a lot of things shifting. And I I hope that this show plays some small part in reminding us that we aren't robots that were born into this eight to five career and have to do these things and follow this formula. We can choose something else and to, to explore what that might be, what feels good to your heart, like you have done. And we don't have to come to Key Cocker to get these angel portraits, do we? No, no. I, I mail them every every week. Wonderful. Um, it's really, it's very inexpensive to mail from here. Much cheaper than state to state in the United States. Oh, that wonderful. Funny? Yeah, that's perfect. Well, especially considering you're an island, a small island, like every, you even have to leave the island for things like, well, a lot of things, right? There isn't much, how much can you actually get on the island without having to leave to go bring it in? Well, if you don't have a business like me, um, you don't have to leave very often. You can get food, you can't get clothes. Uh, if you're going to buy them in Belize, you have to go to the mainland. And even mm-hmm. then, you're going to get some some kind of weird clothes. It, <laughs> they look like, in my day, there was a word called hoochie-coochie. And those are, <laughs> those are the kind of clothes you can buy here. And I'm too old for those. I don't look good in them. So uh, it's really hard to even find underwear here. but Because they just don't have big stores, department stores mm-hmm. or anything. Uh, they do have one kind of um, household department store, but not clothes in Belize City. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's you can get like toilet paper and soap and all the things. You, you can exist here uh, pretty simply, especially if you eat just good ordinary food, not anything prepared. Right. If you go, we, we have these little mini marts, no big grocery stores. Uh, there is one, too. Well, I guess a few more in Belize City, but we all, the rest of the country has little mini marts, mostly owned by Chinese. And if you go in as a tourist and buy American junk food, which is what we eat on vacation, chips and, and cookies and candy and pop and that stuff, it's so old. I think it's all the rejects that are throwing out oh, up in the states i think i'm down here that's awful and they're very very expensive oh but the um, fruit and fresh the fresh fruit and vegetables yeah. there oh my goodness is so why yeah. would you want to eat anything else that is the best there well that's what i tell people don't go home and eat that stuff don't buy it here it's just it's not <laughs> edible really but the <laughs> the juice and the fruit and the vegetable a carrot taste like carrots when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. They taste like real carrots. The carrots you get in the main grocery stores are bitter. And real carrots are very, very sweet. Yes. And crooked. They're all crooked. And that's what we have here. Sweet, crooked carrots. And and you can get anything. Anything. Especially things. Really, really fresh oranges. Right off the trees. And 
pineapples and papayas and mm. and the vegetables the things like romaine are expensive lettuce isn't but romaine is so these the berries oh boy those are a big treat because they're very expensive because they're all shipped in mm-hmm. but the others it's cheap fruit is cheap vegetables are cheap my gosh you can live on ten dollars worth of food for a week if you want to especially if you buy the fish from the fishermen you can get a great big huge fish for two weeks for one person on this one fish for like $20 US. And that's how I eat. Mm -hmm. And when I came, I thought I downsized tremendously by getting this little two bedroom apartment with a 30 foot deck and a living room and a kitchen and hot water. (laughs) And, And then I moved in eight months, I moved where I am now and opened my gallery and I'm in 384 square feet. It's the best thing I ever did. I I can clean in 15 minutes. <laughs> and you mean your business and your home, don't you? Well, no, my business is another 420 square feet, a gallery. And so that's my living room. Wow. <laughs> that's where I sit and talk to my friends. And and the other room is where I make my bug juice, my repellent, and it's my office supplies, my exercise bar, my kitchen, <laughs> my bedroom. <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> yep, that's how I live. And, and my friends, I've had oh, 70, 80 friends have come, and they all do the same thing. They look in my little room and they go, oh, you live there? It's so, and it could be quaint, cute. <laughs> They're speechless, really. (laughs) And Paulette, you sound happy. That's the most important thing I want to emphasize here is for everything that you've said about how different it is, you sound truly happy. I am. I am. Thank you. I truly am happy because I've learned that happiness and joy come from within. It isn't Mm -hmm. stuff. It isn't things. It isn't people. It isn't events. It comes from within. And you know, and from your angels. (laughs) You can ask your angels to help you with it. But honestly, your body, your body and your brain believe what you tell it. So if you say, I am really happy, it believes it. And I I don't have any problem saying that because I really, not 100% of the time. There are times I get upset and because the island is changing quite quickly and I get upset over that. It's a greed, greed, greed. And I, I can... I can ruin my day by thinking too much about that. Mm-hmm. But most most of the time, what makes me happy is just being able to be here where it's slowed down and love is number one and money's at the bottom. Because mm-hmm. that money is going to come anyway. Mm-hmm. If you're doing what you really love, the money just comes. And sometimes it's not even money. I mean, to me, I think the greatest paradox of that journey for me has been, yes, I we live in a culture that does require money. So I do always have enough money. But the more I let go of focusing on that and the more I started to enjoy my life, not only does the money come, but whatever we need is always there. And yes. all kinds of delightful little surprises show up too. 
So sometimes it's the money you need. Sometimes it's mostly it's the people that show up, the incredible experiences that have opened up for me. As I've started to focus on the abundance that comes from loving myself and others in life, abundance has taken on such a rich meaning for me. And money is at the bottom because as far as just having a fistful of money doesn't mean anything to me, but it's, it's the ways in which it shows up through the beautiful hands that bring it. And I'm sure for you, the, the angel portraits that you get to do and that exchange of love and money between both of you, you and your clients and, and how you open them up to the angels and, it's it's just really nice when it takes its place in the in the proper flow of things, isn't it? You're absolutely right. You said it beautifully. Yes, that is true. It it comes in different forms and that's that's one of the things when you ask your angel for help and it and you're thinking it's going to be like this and it's like that. It's it, it, realizing, "Oh my gosh, that's really what I got. And I needed that a lot more than I needed what I thought I needed. Yes. And being open to anything that comes, because it's going to be out of the box for sure. <laughs> and that's the best <laughs> part, I think. <laughs> yes, it is the best part. You're absolutely right. It's Paula, the most fun for sure. I have so loved connecting with you today. This has been a blast. And and the technology was on our side. The angels were helping out. The connections stayed solid, which is no small feat for that little island. So I'm very impressed. You're right. <laughs> yes, I, you're right. I want to wrap this up by asking you if there is any kind of a parting thought after all that we've discussed today that you would like to leave our listener with today. I, I... I, I think the only thing I really have to say is I'm not special just because I paint angels. I get people saying, you know, things like that or things like um, you're so gifted and all that kind of thing, or you're so courageous. That's another word they use. It's like, no, no, it's not really that. It's just that I learned it was easier for me because I was, being reinforced by things that happened when I painted angels. So listening was easier. On the other hand, I didn't start doing this till I was 60. Okay, that's a 60-year-old Taurus. <laughs> you got you, you to work with that. <laughs> so I, I, They're pretty stubborn people. And, and I, I'm not stubborn in everything, but I certainly have my opinion in it was hard for them to get me to change. They work very hard with me, but it, it really isn't that hard. If you just slow down, say what you want and be specific. I don't say I want money because that could mean the penny that the angels drop for us all the time or a million, but be specific. What do you want the money for? How much do you need? How important is this money? Could you use something else? Be specific and then say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, already have it. Gratitude. You haven't got it yet, but be grateful because you know you will if it's for your highest good. And then let it go. And that's the hardest part. Yes. We keep thinking, is this it? Is it coming? Is it, am I not going to get it? Just let it go and know it's coming. It's coming. If it's meant for me, I'm going to have it. And it makes you slow down. It makes you just live life daily. That's beautiful. 
Thank you so much. Yes, I love I love the messages that you bring, the positive messages from our angels and the portraits that help us envision that message and their their form, how they appear to you and to us if we will look and listen. Thank you for all that you do and for reminding us that we can do it too. Thank you. It was my pleasure. I love talking with you. You're so wonderful at what you do. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure here too. And you too can connect with Paulette, angelsbypaulette.com, correct? Yep. Yay. All right. And I will be back to, I can't wait to meet you the next time I'm in King Cocker because I love that place. So I will be there. Oh, please do. I I can't wait to meet you. (laughs) And listener, let us know what you thought of the show. You can do that at journeyofpossibilities.com, where you can also show us a little love so we can keep doing this for you. And all of that's on our website. And we'll look forward to having you connect with us next time on Exploring Possibilities.